fi fo fum I smell the blood of a subscriber? Stay tuned for more on Quirks of Creation. And welcome back to Quirks of Creation. I'm Jess. This is Elise on this side. Hello. Thank you so much for your prayers to get the demons out of the tech. I know we started a little late, but we are here and we are ready to talk giants. Are you ready to talk giants, Elise? Oh, I'm so ready. So excited. This is going to be one of my favorite quirky episodes, I can tell. This is the culmination of like everything we have been talking about (laughs) since episode one unintentionally right also. totally unintentionally it's like every week i don't know what we're going to talk about next yeah. week. you know what we're going to talk about i don't know we've just been flying by the seat of our pants and lots and lots of prayers and this is where god has led us and i yeah. am so hyped me too yes so this is like you said culmination of a lot of previous episodes and it's been on our minds since the beginning and I think a big reason that we've put this off is because of me, because I've been so intimidated. It's, it's like literally a huge episode, ah. pun intended. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. And so I am intimidated no more. We're going to get into it. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the the biblical timeline of giants. I know you have us covered on the mythology of this. We'll talk about evidence that's been found and ask at the end some questions and give our answers as to why this is considered quacky in the science and history narrative. But I think we find it more of a quirk. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. There's a lot going on here. And yeah. the first thing that always gets me is you you start hearing about giants like not day one because you know you have all of creation day one, but right. soon after. Yeah, it doesn't take long in the Bible's like and giants, <laughs> right? Yes, I know. So, what's crazy is this connects to like like I said our episodes, but it's like the flood, the Canaanites, the fossil record, the Anunnaki, Josephus. All of this comes into play, and I think what we're gonna find here is that. This will be kind of similar to our dragons episode a few weeks ago, but I think we're going to have more answers for this one than questions. Or Yeah. That's the hope anyway. Yeah. Answers. Maybe, but eh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so where do we start? Where you should always start with the Bible. <laughs> That's where I like to start with things personally. Yeah. I think it's a good, I think it's a good go-to. Um, so what we find first, we find the Nephilim. This appears twice in the Bible in Genesis and Numbers and translated Nephilim means giants or fallen ones. And we know that they were not created the same time as humans. If you look at Job 38, four through seven, say, it says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? On who laid or who laid its cornerstone? 
when the morning stars sang together and all of the sons of God shouted for joy. The most important part, at least for our little argument here, is like the sons of God. All the sons of God shouted for joy. So we know that humans were not alive at this point in creation yet. So we're talking about angels. Right. Yeah. Um, we also know, you know, Satan fa- Satan's fallen angels took on physical form. So Genesis 6, 1 through 4, when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in a man forever for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Men of renown is important because we'll see that phrase again later in the Bible. Yes, definitely. Side note too, does this potentially sound like demigods? It does. And you know what? There is a extra biblical text that also kind of backs this up. Uh, The book of Enoch, which we've also mentioned, we know conspiracy pill does also mention. If you look at Enoch chapter three, I mean, this is just corroborative evidence as it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied in those days were born unto them, beautiful comely daughters and the angels, the children of heaven saw and lusted after them and said to one another, come, let us choose us wives among the children of men and beget us children. And they became pregnant and they bear great giants whose height was 3000 L's who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And when I read this, I was like, what's an L like zero idea. Like I, I get metric system cause I'm in science. I don't do that English system nonsense, <laughs> but I, I can't do L's. So I Googled it like, yep. like a good researcher. <laughs> so an L is 45 inches or for me, 1.1 meters. So 3000 L's is like 11,000 feet. For context, Mount Fuji is 12,000 feet tall. Oh my word. So the giants or the Nephilim at this time were as big as mountains. Uh, Yikes. Wow. Yikes. Yikes. And it's hard to even imagine. I mean, it's hard to imagine, period. But the earth even sustaining that, which obviously is having a hard time. Right. And so (laughs) it's like, I get it. I get why God sent the flood. He's like, no, 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 no. You can't get rid of these things. I'll I'll take care of it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, because we see that they're here even after the flood, but it's not... They're not as big. Not as big. Definitely not. And yeah, one of the questions I had about that was like, why did we see that like size difference? Why were the original Nephilim like literally mountainous? Yeah. But the ones after the flood, not quite as mountainous. I think one theory to go with that would be um, like the Nephilim or the, they were destroyed, but they were saved through um, one of Noah's in-laws, daughters-in-law. So it's like, was it um, diluted? It yeah, it was, uh, yeah, 
it's like instead of being a direct descendant, yeah. it's like you're one eighth giant or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. So that would be my theory, I guess. Okay. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so obviously next up is the flood. So continuing in Genesis, it's the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So... God was upset, to put it lightly. <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. By the wickedness of mankind. And I think not just wicked people doing bad things, bad enough, but it's the mixing of the angels and the humans, um, this abomination and wickedness that led to this wickedness in this world. And we see this wickedness that infuriates God repeatedly yeah. in the Old Testament. Um, and it can all be traced back to giants. So... And we talked about this in the flood episode. We did. Episode Weird. two. Episode two. How funny. Yeah, I know. So like we said in that episode, you see the theme of wickedness in almost every flood myth around the world. And there are flood myths in every culture. I mean, I found flood myths in small countries in Africa I've never heard of. So it's like, it's everywhere. And um, just so y'all know, anybody watching right now, if it ever just zooms up on my face, it's because poor Jess is sick and she might need a minute to sneeze or cough. <laughs> I'm recovering from the Rona, which is why I sound like an old man. So it's going to uh, be okay, friends. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm just, she's a trooper. She's a trooper for being here tonight. Oh, thanks. Shout out to Jess. But Pro so to Dayquil. It's not me. It's the Dayquil. The Dayquil does not sponsor us. Though they should after this. You should have some stock in Dayquil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. So, if you see that. And then, again, if you only see Jess's face, it's because my tech's acting up again. It's so facts. Appreciate all your patience. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, you see this. We've, we talked about that. It's the flood myth permeates everything. It's everywhere. People are so wicked. The general idea in, in almost all of these stories is the people were so wicked or they angered the gods so much that a flood was sent to destroy the earth. And usually one man was spared and his family, some for different reasons. But um, so after the flood, like we were saying, we see that the Nephilim are still existing. Um, another theory that I read uh, that I found interesting. So besides them, like the bloodline continuing through Noah's daughter-in-law, which I believe was Ham's wife, Ham. Right. Man, Ham. Ham. Uh, that guy, he just trouble. He is trouble. <laughs> if you missed last week's episode, uh, we basically took Ham to task because he could not get with it. Yeah. yeah. We called him out. Yeah. <laughs> um. But another theory is that the giants lived in the earth oh. and survived that way. I'm not sure that there's anything to that, that. That sounds like a hollow earth theory. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think of that. But that makes sense. I mean, yeah. to be a hollow earth theory. Sure. So I didn't really go down Fair. rabbit hole. I was like, oh, interesting. Moving on. <laughs> right. Moving on. Um, 
Next, we see the Rephaim. So they are a mighty people with tall stature who lived in Canaan. Um, it's more of, sometimes it's used as a descriptive term just for specific characteristics, but it's also the Hebrew word for giants. Is that the same as the Anakim? The Anakim. Are they like Anakim? Tribes? They were, uh, that's pretty much how the Canaanites explained everybody living in Canaan, oh, but okay. they were also, but it's also a reference to giants. So I'll, gotcha. I'll get into that. Cause we're going to use, a, <laughs> just like last week, there's a lot of ites and things I'm going to throw at you. Let's do I'll it. Explain them all. I promise. Cause I had to look it all up too. Like who, where are <laughs> we? Who am I? So in episode four, we talked about Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his whole story and that, you know, annihilation of those those two places. Um, but I want to talk about the political situation there. So there was like this political warfare happening at the time of Lot that caused him and his family to be captured and then rescued by Abram, obviously before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Genesis 14 tells about King Keterleoma, Leomer, and I even looked up how to pronounce it, and now I can't remember. But I'm I think so that's so bad at pronouncing things too. That's going to be me all night. Oh lordy, it's yeah, it's going to be a thing. But I'm pretty sure that's close. He was the king of Elam, who had an alliance with other kings and defeated the Rephaim, the Zuzim, and the Emim, the Horites, and the Amalekites or the Amorites. So Deuteronomy two seventeen through twenty two says, "The Lord said to me, today you are to cross." the border of Moab at Ar. And when you approach the territory of the people of Ammon, do not harass them or contend with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession, because I will give I have given it to the sons of Lot for possession. It's also it is also counted as a land of Rephaim. Rephaim formerly lived there, but the Ammonites called them Zamzumim. A people great and many and tall as the Anakim, but the Lord destroyed them before the Ammonites, and they disposed, dispossessed them and settled in their place, as he did for the people of Esau who lived in Seir when he destroyed the Horites before them and dispossessed them and settled in their place even to this day. So, the Moabites called the giants um, the Zuzim. And the Moabites Everybody were. got to have all these words. I know. I know. Can't we just have one concise? No, it has to be difficult. <laughs> it's like there was a tower that people tried to build. <laughs> and it was also not Ham's a good fault. Plan. Also, Ham's fault. <laughs> Which we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> and people stopped speaking the same language. How dare they? How dare they? Goodness. Goodness. Uh, but the Moabites were from the line of Lot and his eldest daughter. So, you. yeah, and they called, again, they called giants the Zuzim. And then the Emim was the name that the Ammonites gave, which basically these are all just like Canaanite people, different right. little, yeah, all together. Anyway, we talked about that last week. I'm moving on, I swear. So the... But that does, in Deuteronomy, talks about the Rephaim. And then Og is also brought up in Deuteronomy. He is considered the last of the Rephaim. 
Uh, For only Og, the king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bed was a bed of iron. It is not in Rahab or the Ammonites. Nine cubits was its length and four cubits its breadth, according to the common cubit, which that translated 13 feet long, six feet wide. I would love to have a bed that big. Right. California. But not an iron bed. That sounds uncomfortable. Sounds terrible. But maybe that's all that could hold him. Yikes. Huge. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, He's mentioned more with more detail, but I just wanted to touch on, like, he was definitely a Rephaim that was um, talked about. So, continuing, then we get back to Canaan, which we talked about, and Moses sending his 12 spies into the promised land, and they came back, you know, shaking in their boots, like, um. I'm going to read this because of the reference. So Numbers 13.33 says, And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. And we kind of finished that episode last week like, This leads to giants too. Don't worry, we'll get to it. And here we we are. So uh, the Anak, I guess, are the Anakim. And that's the giants, uh, I mean, after... uh, Joshua and everybody walks around the walls come tumbling down. Yep. Uh, the, some of the giants, some of the Anakim escape into yes. the surrounding uh, Philistine cities like Gaza, Goth and Ashad. Yes. And it's from that line that we get Goliath. Goliath. That's right. Um, yes. Let's see. So, Anakim or the Anakites, again, just for reference, like it, most scholars believe it means long necked or tall. Mm. And the Hebrews considered them to be descendants of the Nephilim, obviously, like I just said. And Canaanites used it in general for giants and people who lived in Canaan. So it was very like, it's a land full of giants. Like, right. I'm not saying that the spies were right by any means, obviously not. But I am saying that I, it would have been terrifying. Yeah, I would have been freaked out. Like I can see why they were why they were scared. <laughs> However, eh, whatever they they done messed up, and we for see that. context though, Goliath was nine feet tall. He's yes. not the three thousand L's that no. the pre flood giants were. True. So I mean, he was big, but yeah. he wasn't like mountain big. Yeah. And so I can see that God was like, okay, David, you can do this. If he was like as big as a mountain, no, you could not do that. Right, right. I took care of those guys. You got this one. Here you go. Here's a slingshot. You got this. You've been practicing. You'll be fine. (laughs) So yes, Goliath was from Gath, which is one of the places, like you said, where they fled. Um, First Samuel says... It's 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 7. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span, nine inches, or nine feet, <laughs> um, six inches. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels, so about 125 pounds just in his coat of scale armor. Whoa. 
On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels, so over 16 pounds. And his shield bearer went He must have been kind of buff to be lugging that around. (laughs) Right, right. He was was probably a big dude. Yeah. 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 Um, But also... What no, what doesn't really get told is that that wasn't the only giant that David took out. Oh wow! You know, so later when he's older, uh, he goes to fight the Philistines with his people. <laughs> Bless you, <laughs> and <laughs> and he slays more, more, four more. Excuse me. So Second Samuel twenty one, verse. Oh my goodness, chapter twenty one, verse fifteen through twenty two. We see the story. And verse 22 says, these four were descended from the giants in Gath and they fell by the hand of David and his hand of, and by the hand of his servants. So he didn't do it alone, but there was more than just Goliath for him. So God's like, Hey, you did it great once. Let's do it again. You got more people this time. (laughs) He he had built up, you know, his reputation. So it was time for to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just let's just finish these guys off. Uh, and then the last kind of reference we see, kind of, is just in the Psalms. In order to demonstrate God's love and commitment to the Israelites, they would often like retell the tales of how God triumphed over Sion and Og. And um, you see it again. You just see it in the Psalms, them praising Him for taking out these people and all the things He did for them at that time, but that's a big one. And that's kind right. of, you kind of stop seeing them in the Bible. And that's kind of, that's really where it tapers off unless again, more references back to that time. So, right. That's kind of it there. And what I find interesting is that while the giant legends kind of taper off in the Bible, they mm-hmm. start to escalate everywhere else. So, yes. You do have the Sumerian Epic of Gilgamesh, which you talked about during our flood episode. So, yep. like, if you're interested in a more detailed look at the Epic of Gilgamesh, yeah. go check out episode two. <clears throat> uh, I do want to point out just, like, the height of Gilgamesh. He was described as being 5.5 cubits tall, so between, like, 17 and 18 feet, which actually makes him super short compared to the giants of his time. Right. If he was supposed to live have lived in the times of Noah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. He's like, he was one third God. Right. Something like that. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, he was a demigod. Yeah. Also made friends with what, and Lil and all those crazy guys. So yeah. Yeah. That is just taking Christian Christianity and turning on its head. Like the Gnostic beliefs do. Yep. But then you see giants again in Greek and Roman mythology, which is when you start getting this idea of demigods and things like that. Uh, in Hesiod's Theogony, it, he describes giants as the offspring of Gaia and Uranus. So yes. again, descendants of gods. They're the first generation of the Titans and the Cyclopses. And the myth is like all Greek myth is like super gross. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like, it's not the nice Disney myth <laughs> that you get when you watch the Hercules cartoon yeah. and the cute little dancing, singing ladies and, you know, a Phil yeah. Cal- Collins song or something. You know? <laughs> no, it's like Uranus is like, I'm going to trap the Titans in your womb. How yeah. he's doing that? I don't want to know. I but know. somehow Gaia gives one of them a sickle. While he's in her womb, and the sickle's made yeah. of adamant, and I'm like, "What's adamant? It, it's adamantium." The Greeks knew about adamantium. I was gonna say Wolverine was there. Wolverine <laughs> was there. I was like, "Oh, so that's where they got the idea of adamantium from the Greeks." It from all makes Greeks. sense now. I get it. Oh my goodness! Right? If you didn't um, realize this before our twentieth episode. We're pretty nerdy too. Yeah, so. we're huge nerds. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, she shoves Wolverine in her belly, and he and oh, it gets worse. <laughs> he waits until Uranus comes to sleep with her. Oh, that's right. And then you know, cuts Does, him cuts with him. his <laughs> adamantium sickle. Ugh. I'm not going to go into the details, but you know, they escape you and get then the gist take over the world, start eating people and stuff. So yeah. like, like they do. Like they do. That's the common theme we see with the giants. They're all cannibals. Yeah. Yes. They, they descend from gods and they're all cannibals. Yes. Uh, Homer's Odyssey also describes them as near kins to the gods. This is also when you start seeing the idea of a cyclops. The Odyssey describes a cyclops. Yeah. Uh, the Cyclopses kill some sailors under the lead of Polyphemius, who tried to steal their flock. So, if you go and read the Odyssey, which you should do. Yes. It's good. It is good. You see how it, they escape and all that jazz. Right. Yeah. But lots of giants there. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention Norse mythology, since Norse mythology plays such a huge role in our modern pop culture with Thor and Thor. Loki and... Yes. Marvel and everything. So mm-hmm. in actual Norse mythology, giants are the original founding beings at the top of the Norse family tree. The more commonly known gods like Odin and Thor are direct or indirect descendants of giants, yes. which I think is interesting because I didn't realize that. And I think it was pretty clear from the way Marvel depicted it. There's always this war between the giants and Asgard. Or yes. the beings at Asgard. And that's Ragnarok, is the right. giants coming back to kill off all the all the gods and but the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, basically, end of the world. Uh, the giants were called Jotun uh, or Jotnar. I'm trying to use some German here, which basically means devourer. So oh. again. There you go. Just eating things. Did they have six fingers and six toes? They did have six fingers and six toes. I really wasn't sure. Ah. Yeah. There's another theme that you see. I mean, it's in the Bible. It's in. Right. It's everywhere. It. Yeah. Six fingers, six toes. And there's this constant war between chaos and order when it comes to giants. I've noticed it's true with Norse mythology. You get yep. chaos again during Ragnarok. It's true in Chinese mythology with their idea of Pengu. Uh, mm-hmm. Pengu is this primordial creature 
who features in their creation myth. Um, and his body later becomes geographic features like mountains and rivers. But he's this big hairy giant who has horns on his head and he separates the yin from the yang, like trying to put everything in order, which I thought gotcha. was kind of interesting. He, he actually acts like Atlas and keeps the sky away from the earth. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of interesting how that similar myth ends up in China when yeah. that was also a Greek myth. A Greek so. thing. A lot of similar themes throughout all of these too, just like the flood in, in similar to dragons, all of it. And when we talk about this, I think you and I both are like the similarities in these cultures that shouldn't have any similarities Right. There's a nugget of truth. This one, I think, is much more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but still. It's crazy, like, how close they all feel to one another. The one that I think feels the most different are the Asuras uh, in Indian religions or in yeah. Buddhism or Hinduism. Uh, it's a word that translates to Titan, demigod, anti-god. So you have that part that's the same but then they're described as having like three heads and six arms yeah i was gonna say india's kind of a one-off with all their stories like they I they just gotta how... be extra they have so many yeah. extra body parts yeah that that's a good one they're just extra <laughs> they're just like you know what would make this better throw an more. extra 500 heads in there right okay. and then 200 more arms it's fine I wonder if it's meant to be symbolic of the fact that giants do have more uh, more appendages. I mean, yeah. they have an extra finger, an extra toe, right. the two layers of teeth. So they do have a lot more going on. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And they just kind of took it and made it bigger. <laughs> made different. it extra. Yeah. Made it extra because they're extra. <laughs> Love it. And as I was reading through these things, my favorite story by far was this letter I found by Amerigo Vespucci. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Mm, what? Oh, I want to hear this. Right. Okay. So I'm just going to like read you guys the letter. So this was uh, translated by Markham Clements in 1894. Excuse me. I'm going to cough. <laughs> Poor Jess. Yay, Rona. Okay. Here we go. We found this other island was inhabited by very tall people. We landed to see whether there was any fresh water and not thinking it was inhabited, as we had not seen anyone, we came upon very large footprints in the sand as we were walking along the beach. We judged that if the other measurements were in proportion to those of their feet, they must be very tall. Going in search, we came into a road which led inland. There were nine of us. Judging that there could not be many inhabitants as the island was small, we walked over to see what sort of people they were. When we had gone about a league, we saw five huts, which appeared to be uninhabited in a valley, and we went to them. But we only found five women, two old, and three children of such lofty stature that for the wonder of the thing, we wanted to keep them. Okay, just like first off. <laughs> why would you want to keep them if they're huge right oh that's cute no isn't it usually like the smaller things or the cute things you want to like take i don't know amerigo it's not like you found a puppy in the woods you can't keep the giant <laughs> good luck taking that home right 
How are you going to fit it on the boat? How are you going to feed it? You're going to clean up after it? (laughs) Just saying. Let's think this through. Right? Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. (laughs) When they saw us, they were so frightened that they had not the power to run away. Interesting that the giants were afraid of the tiny humans. The two old women began to invite us with words and to set before us many things and took us into a hut. They were taller than a large man who may well be tall, such as Francesco de Gilly Abzilli. I I don't know who this guy is. He's probably some pope or something. (laughs) But better proportioned. Our intention was to take the young girls by force. Okay, ew. uh, And to bring them Castile as wonderful thing. These, These conquistadors, just stop. Stop. Stop doing the thing. Yeah. While we were forming this design, there entered by the door of the hut as many as 36 men, much bigger than the women, and so well made that it was a rare thing to behold them. They, in like manner, put us into such a state of perturbation that we rather wished we were on board than having dealings with such people. So basically, they were scared out of their wits. They carried very large bows and arrows and great clubs with knobs. They talked among themselves in a tone as if they wished to destroy us. (laughs) Seeing ourselves in such danger, we made various suggestions to one another. Some proposed that we should attack them in the hut, and others said that we should better do so outside, while others advised we should not take any action until we saw what the natives were going to do. We last agreed to go outside of the hut and walked away in the direction of the ships as if nothing had happened. And we did this. So basically they walked out. They're like, we're, we're just going to, we're going to ditch and run. This was a bad idea. Yeah. There's, they're finally starting to like have a decent reaction. <laughs> right. It's like, not when yeah. they see the giant women, they're like, no, nah, we want to keep them. <laughs> now nah, we want to take the young ladies. But no, it's when the big dudes come home, they're like, oh, we made a mistake. We, yeah, we gotta go. We gotta yeah. go. Wow. Ha- yeah. So having taken our route to return the, to the ships, they also came along behind us at a distance of about a stone's throat, talking amongst themselves. I believe they had not less fear of us than we of them, for sometimes we stopped to rest, and they did so also without coming near. At last we came to the beach where the boats were waiting for us. We got in, and when... And when we were some away from the shore, the natives rushed down and shot many arrows, and we had little fear of them. We replied with two bombard shots, more to frighten them than to harm them. Then they all fled into the woods, so we took our leave. We called this island the Island of Giants by reason of their stature. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. It's a very detailed account of what happened. I'm surprised you found it. (laughs) <laughs> I am too and no one's discredited it as if it was false as huh. if it didn't happen it's just out there hmm. which so is rare uh, which is rare because as we'll go through you'll find yeah. most of the stuff we found has tried very hard to have been discredited right so yeah so th- but this one is just sitting out there like hey Here's a cool here's a cool letter. Don't think anything of it, but it's just here. I don't know. Yay. I, yeah, but. I think it's because more people focus on Christopher Columbus when they think of the discovery yeah. of the Americas yeah. than Amerigo Vespucci. So he kind of 
falls to the wayside when you think of historical figures. Definitely. Which, which is too bad because clearly he found some things. Correct. But maybe that's intentional. Maybe, right. Right. Maybe that's part of it too. Duh. Yeah. There's so, so many. Gets a little pilled in here too tonight, I think, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be a lot because the myths don't stop there. There are Native American giant legends. You got the Apache legend of the big owl, who's basically their version of the boogeyman. Mm. Uh, he's sometimes described as having human form. In that case, he's a man-eating ogre. <laughs> what else is new? They all eat people. Right. Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. <laughs> the closest we get to some sort of archaeological connection to one of the Native American legends is the Paiute legend of the Sitaka. And this is the race of the red-haired giants that are like 10 feet tall, yeah. terrorize their neighbors with cannibalism. And they were found in Lovelock Cave, or mm. supposedly to have been chased into Lovelock Cave by the Paiute. Yes. Killed off because the Paiute tribes were tired of dealing with them. Understandably. Yeah. I would hate to be terrorized with cannibalism. <laughs> Yeah, And so they say, you know, over time, the cave collapsed in on itself, trapped them, and they would die of asphyxiation. Yeah. And so uh. some folks in the 1900s tried to dig up what they could in the cave. There was a claim that they found a six and a half foot female giant and a over eight foot male giant. Yes. I could not find any images. I found one on accident, and it's not this one. Hold on. Ooh, that's a big skull. Yeah, that's a big skull. So this was found 1911, and it's too small. I can't read our whatever's underneath it. But basically, before they lost what was found, somebody took a picture of this. Wow. But that's all I could find on as far as images or whatever. The best I could find from the cave itself was this giant handprint that was mm. inside the cave. Like yeah. that's a big hand. That's a big hand. For those of you guys who are just listening, it's a big hand. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is basically <laughs> holding up, not like a knife. Like this is a knife. Yeah, like I'm from say. Australia. It's a big knife up to it. And yes. the hand could fit like 12 of his hands and the big knife. Yeah. It exactly it's imprinted in the rock. Crazy. I don't know. And it's a cave. So it's not like that's happening by erosion and a very hand like pattern. And a, <laughs> exactly. Because nature does that. Because nature does that. You find these accidents all the time. Of course. Of course you do. Uh, I also heard that in that cave they found hieroglyphs. Ooh, did they? And they're very strange hieroglyphs. And these hieroglyphs are found in giant burial sites, if you believe in them, right. in America. They're, they're similar to Egypt, Egyptian hieroglyphs. They're not the same. They're, they're, like I said, they're like a stranger form but you see them often 
Mm. or have they have been seen often in like these burial sites that are attributed to giants or where giant giant skeletons have been found, you know, and disappeared. And (laughs) yikes, there's these hieroglyphs with it. So um, what they say, we don't know, but it does seem to be a common thing, at least here in the Americas. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me too, how many of these things are found mostly in the Midwest in America. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Like, like I have no hypothesis. It just is what the research told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you had the, the serpent mounds in Ohio and the hypothesis is that under the mounds, there are giant bones. There's some yes. Indian burial mounds here in Georgia. I know of one in particular that is in Helen, Georgia. I didn't really look into it. I think it is just a Native American burial mound, but you could never know because no one's ever dug it up. Nope. And you can't. You're you not can't. allowed. Do you know where Cartersville, Georgia is? I do. Oh, well, monster skull and bones were found there. Oh, nice. April 4th, let's see, 2000, or 2000, no. No, this was published in the New York Times in 1886. So the water has receded from the, and it's a, uh, sorry, it's a picture of the article. So it's hard to read Tumlin Mound Field. I don't know if that sounds familiar um, to you at all. And has left unco- uncovered acres of skulls and bones. Some of these are gigantic. If the whole frame is in proportion to the, two thigh bones that were found their owner must have stood 14 feet high whoa um many yeah many curious ornaments of shell brass and stone have been found some of the bodies were buried in small vaults be built of stone the whole makes a mine of archaeological wealth a representative of the smithsonian institute is here investigating the curious relics jelly says that they live in they, they live there in Cartersville. Is it the Etowah Indian Mounds? I don't know. Let me see if it's... Interesting. Um, I mean, Good that job. was the whole article. Oh, yeah. okay. How but, interesting. Yeah. Cool. We got some Cartersville folks in here. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the party. Really? Uh, yeah. You just said Georgia, so I was like, oh, I found an article about I love it. But yes, these myths come from everywhere. And the common theme is that they're cannibals. They have six fingers, six toes. They have two rows of teeth. This trend of the very violent giant continues for a long time. You get them in the fairy tale type giant, like Jack and the Giant Beanstalk, which is right. The poem I said at the very beginning, You know, he grinds his bones up to make his bread, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) You get the giants in Beowulf that inspired the orcs that are in Tolkien. Yep. All all these sort of violent sort of giants. You also have cryptid giants, which we're not going to get into. We'll leave Bigfoot and the Yeti for conspiracy pelt. Yeah. But they all have that common trait. What I find interesting is that more modern thoughts of giants uh, what i call the americanized myth (laughs) is you get the nice giant yes like paul bunyan paul bunyan he's nice and blue blue giant axe babe Babe, the blue axe yeah 
<laughs> I love the story of Paul Bunyan because he's just like this bumbling oaf walking around creating all of America's landmarks. Yeah. Like he drags his axe behind him and accidentally creates the Grand Canyon. Whoopsie. Or falls down in New York and creates the Finger Lakes. Like <sighs> he just can't get with it. <laughs> That's another theme though, too, is that they're they're kind of dumb. Not, they're very dumb. Yeah. They're friendly and stupid. <laughs> but that's such a more modern take yes. on the giant. Yes. And that's what we get from like the Disney-ify giants, like the, jo- the Jolly Green Giant in marketing. You got oh, your yeah. Shrek, the big friendly giant, Clifford the big red dog, you know, yep. Hagrid from Harry Potter who can't yes. remember that he's not supposed to tell them things. <laughs> They're all nice. They're all nice. So how did we go from, I'm going to bite your head off, to, hi, Harry. (laughs) Like, you know, your favorite character. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I love your theory behind this, and so I'm going to let you tell it. But I just want to say, too, that we saw that with dragons also, where you go from the this malevolent beast eating the the maiden and terrorizing villages to um i don't know at least something <laughs> the big cooler. goofy dragon yeah. that tells your kids fairy tales yes. or actually you can turn into a dragon right. or you can tame the dragon Ta- yes they're misunderstood creatures and right. you can yes tame them and yeah, it's the same thing with the fallen angel stuff. It, I I can tame it. I can fix him. I can. I fix know him. he's a cannibal, but I can fix him. Exactly. <laughs> I blame Beauty and the Beast. Big big time, big time. It was all her fault, and I loved Belle. I love Belle so much because I relate to her personally. Yeah. Like, it is my dream to have a library that big that I can just, like, ride the bookshelves on the ladder. Exactly. Just, like, hashtag life goals. Yeah. A whole castle and a library full of all the books. However, the moral of the story is not the best. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Anyway. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a tad. So these myths have to have a kernel of truth somewhere. I mean, they're the giant myths cover literally every corner of the earth. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They're everywhere. And similar at first. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about the giants supposedly found in Lovelock Cave. We tried to find some evidence for them. I think a more convincing story of a real-life giant is the Cap d'Oie. Did you hear about that? I don't think so. So the Cap d'Oie is this two-headed giant. that, And there's two conflicting stories about the Cap d'Oie. It was either it was encountered by Spanish sailors in the 1670s on the beaches of Patagonia and... They took it to their ship, strapped him to the mast, and he got free, and they fought, and they killed him and took his body back to Britain, where it was stuffed and taken to the United States. They, they supposedly still have the body. I'll, I'll show you guys a picture of it. 
mm-hmm. all mummified and whatnot. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. I just couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> yep, so that's the Cap Dois. I mean, it's it's a mummy, and it's got two heads, and it's really freaking tall. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, we're going to get to Robert Wadlow here soon. Yeah, Nana C in the comments has, she's on to it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we had they had this one, and it was on display for a while, and it then was they on, yeah, and then they took it off display. Not sure why. Yeah, they took it to America. Did was it like to a specific institute in America? Perhaps, perhaps, maybe, maybe it rhymes with Pythonian. <laughs> Backed by the U.S. government. Yeah. Yeah. That's not there anymore. Not I there looked, anymore. I was there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's... It's weird. Yeah. But somebody m- mentioned Robert Wadlow, so we should talk about him. We should talk about him. So I'll bring up his picture because uh, this unfortunate person... So when we talk about giants... Hold on. I We're want to... talking about gigantism, right. which is like an actual problem that can happen to people yes we're talking about giants giants like you would see in stories but this unfortunate man is um robert wadlow he was eight feet 11 inches eight feet 11 inches yeah Uh, and uh so there's a good picture of him for reference i'm not sure how tall the man is next to him for anybody listening he there's a picture of him in a suit which obviously everything everything had to be tailor-made for him (laughs) this poor guy bless his heart i know uh yeah i'm not sure but i would i would assume an average average guy five five ten to six feet you know next to him would you say would that be fair yeah and he comes up to the guy's elbow I know. He comes up to his elbow. So, uh, Robert Wadlow, unfortunately, only lived to be 22 years old because of the gigantism. And they didn't treat it, you said? No, they didn't treat it. So, it's like they knew it was a problem with the pituitary gland. But they Mm -hmm. knew it and they just didn't treat it. Right. Uh um, so he couldn't sustain. Well, it, it was a septic blister he got in his ankle from the braces that were on his legs to <laughs> hold him up. Oh. And it, when some, you gotta identify something when it goes septic very yes. fast or it'll infect your whole body. It wasn't yeah. identified soon enough and it killed him. Uh, yeah. Now, Okay. I meant to ask you this earlier, and I'm glad I didn't, because now we can all learn together. <gasps> so I know it is a problem with the pituitary gland when it is gigantism, but what do they do to treat it? Do you stop like a, a block? Yeah, it's a the, hormone yeah. blocker. Yeah. That So currently, the largest man dealing with gigantism 
uh, is Sultan Kosan. He's eight feet, two inches tall, and they are using a hormone blocker to keep him from growing any taller. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. And then the tallest woman. Do we remember? Do you remember how tall she was? I know she was like six foot nine ish. She she was in the six to seven foot range. There was yeah. no woman that got in the eight foot range. Um, she was also very tall. I can't remember her name. I remember it was really hard to pronounce. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I guess she could have gotten there in heels. Just kidding. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you were that tall, like I like to say, I come from the land of giants because everybody in my family is super tall. I could not imagine being that tall. No. I wear flats. I would never wear heels. I know. I, I can't imagine. No, no. I'm 5'8". So, I mean, I guess I could get away with heels. Uh, but I blame, I say like, I'm too tall for them. But really, it's because I can't walk in them and I would break my ankles. Facts. <laughs> I do not have the coordination no. or balance or anything that it takes no. to wear heels. Me neither. My mom's a true lady. She could wear heels in and. Any kind, any place, anywhere, she could do it. I'm just like, I I fall flat on my face in no shoes. So you do roller derby. You roll, I know, you, I know. You walk on roller shoes. I I have been doing roller derby for over ten years. I am still the clumsiest person <laughs> on the team. I like it is a joke. So tangent. We teach all of our people how to fall first. Like you get on skates and I'm gonna teach you how to fall the safe way. You fall face first not face first but you fall forward oh okay because all your pads are on the front of front of your body gotcha so you fall forward and i managed to at least once a week fall backwards like up and down on my booty ow bruised tailbone ow i've broken it at least once so that's i probably should never have put on skates but I love it, though. That is so cool. It's fun. I cannot skate at all. I'm clumsy no matter what. So So there we are. But anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's the difference. I mean, there's so there's gigantism, which is a an anomaly. Right. And you can see that it's a problem. Uh, Like these these people who deal with it. You don't expect them. They don't right. expect to have a long life. They generally. were not meant to grow that tall. And this is like the difference in what we're talking about. The giants that we're talking about supposedly have angel or God DNA of some kind. Something that gives them their biology, the ability to sustain this, whether it makes their bones grow stronger or their organs grow stronger. And a normal human to have a defect in the pituitary gland is not the same thing. They're missing that genetic code, that piece in their DNA that would allow them to support that like a real giant would. Right. I like that a lot. Thanks. Yes. Because, um, you get into that, and then you get into, like, the square cube law, and that's a huge argument for why giants could never have existed. Um, and I have, I'm going to pull up my notes, actually, on that one, because... The square cube law is, like, hard if you're not necessarily math or geometry oriented, which I struggle with geography, so I get it. Yeah. 
It, yeah. So the this was proposed by Galileo, correct? Is that right? right? Yeah. And he's the way he puts it. Basically, when an object undergoes, <laughs> stick with me. When an object undergoes a proportional increase in size, its new surface area is proportional to the square of the multiplier, and its new volume is proportional to the cube of the multiplier. I love your science words. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I just pulled that off of Google. But anyway, the way I think of it is like children are technically stronger than adults based on their body size. Like a child can swing across the monkey bars really easily because their muscle to body ratio is larger. Whereas for us adults, we're kind of old and crickety because our bodies are bigger and it takes more force to be able to do that. Right. Or like how ants can kind of like stack up on one another yep. because their body to mass ratio is larger. Whereas an elephant needs these like big honking legs to yep. hold themselves up. And there's no way you're going to stack elephants. Exactly. I would not try that. Exactly. <laughs> Those are my examples too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yay. <laughs> We're on the same page. Uh, so yeah. So the, the idea because of this theory or law, excuse me, law is that giants couldn't have existed because of that. But I think if you look, and even one of the examples I read was about buildings, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a paper mache, paper mache replica, you know, of a building. Like if you're trying to recreate a city in a very small scale, sure. <clears throat> You can do that out of paper mache. When you do it in real life with these skyscrapers, you have to have, um, you have to have lots of rebar and reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. Your your material needs to be a lot stronger. <laughs> the problem is, is they're basing giant structure off of human structure. Yes. Giants are not human, right? That's yes. the difference. That's the bottom line. Exactly. So, in in with humans, yeah, makes sense, <laughs> right? Yeah, but when um, when your DNA is mixed with heavenly DNA, like angelic DNA, and it's not supposed to be, right? Here we have all these things. So anyway, that's one of the theories. So there's a lot out there as to why giants aren't like that is not accepted you know you you look it up archaeologists scientists all of it um historians are like no 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 y'all looking at into this fantasy um but i think there's even more evidence that there are giants and then also there's a ton of evidence that they're trying to hide that there's evidence of giants. <laughs> we even have modern day eyewitness accounts of giants. Yes. I like this story. You've Go heard of it. the Kandahar giant story? Yes. Oh, vaguely, I but I've heard vaguely. of it. it. It's it's a quick story. And I, I hope you guys in the chat have heard this. Because this is as recent as 2002. Which to me, I think is still recent. It's not recent anymore. It was like 20 <laughs> years ago. That was like two days ago. Come on. Come on. It all blurs together. But in a 
desert part of Afghanistan. Uh, basically, a U.S. Army squad went missing. They spent a special op- sent a special ops task force to find out what happened. And the soldiers were walking along the mountains until they arrived at the entrance of this large cave and found pieces of broken U.S. military equipment everywhere. And when they went inside the cave, they saw this giant redheaded six digit double tooth, like all of the markers, all the things. And he comes out with this giant spear and pales one of the operatives who's designated as Dan. They don't give us his full name. Right. Get him with the spear. And it takes the remaining operatives, the remaining eight, 30 seconds to take him down with continuous fire. Just to give you context, they (laughs) were armed with full auto 4M carbines, recon carbines, semi-automatic, and an M107 Barrett anti-material rifles firing .5 BMG brown machine gun. This is heavy firepower. (laughs) To unload on him for one second would be crazy amount of firepower 30 seconds unreal <laughs> that's crazy that's so, crazy it's crazy right and so the you know the choppers come and get them they take the body away and it's never seen from again all the witnesses are forced into an nda the fact that they even have this story is crazy yeah yeah should not be out there. Should not be out there. Who knows what happened to the witness after he gave the story? Yeah. That's another thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast talking about giants and how evidence just kind of disappears. It's like, yeah, these black helicopters come in and take the things and then you never hear about it again. Like, where are they taking them? Where do they go? Why? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, well, why cover it up? That's the thing. Yeah. Why cover it up? Why cover it up? Why can't this be a, a known thing? If we kind of, kind of know already, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I have some theories. <laughs> Lay it on me. Okay. So I first... I'm going to tell another story. So um, podcast I was listening to, Blurry Creatures, which they're not affiliated with us. I'm not trying to, but they just did a, a really cool episode on um, a story from Texas about giants recently. And the story kind of goes something like this in my in my way that I retell stories. I like it. Yeah. That um, this guy in the 70s, and this is all from a book, he went to one of the national parks in Texas and was checking it out, and there were signs, and they were saying, like, Neanderthal footprints here. They didn't say giants. They just said Neanderthal, Neanderthal footprints. And he went, and he checked it out. And, I mean, these footprints were huge. And some of the um, footprints, or at least one of them, it was a footprint, very distinct, and it was a barefoot. Um, like you could see the toe and Yeah, you can see the toes and all that. There was a dinosaur footprint on top of it Ooh. so he was like yeah cool i you know he checked it out and then a few years later he comes back with his wife to this national park or state park and 
can't find it. The signs are gone. He's looking everywhere. Like, he's like, no, I really want to telling his wife, like, I really wanted to show you. I really wanted to show you that I can't find it. I can't find it. So he goes to the park rangers and he's like, hey, here goes into their station. He, hey, where are the footprints, the Neanderthal footprints? Where are they? I want to show my wife. It's really cool. And everybody in the station just kind of stares at him like saying nothing. And he pushes further. He's like, no, I was here a few years ago. I saw them. I saw the signs and now I can't find it. I just, can you point me in the right direction? And they still kind of stare at him for a minute. And then they're like, uh, we never had that. We never had that. That's not a thing that we don't know what you're talking about. And he's of course like put off by this. Yeah. But doesn't like, okay, what do I do? So he apologizes to his wife, like, sorry, I really wanted to show that to you, but I can't. And so um, <clears throat> it's a small town. So I th- think the story goes that he found out later talking to somebody who works there. Everybody kind of knew everybody kind of situation. And the guy was like, yeah, I took down those signs. I took down those signs because I was told to. And I can show you the shed where all the signs are because I put them in that shed and nobody's touched them since. Oh my God. He's like, and we also destroyed at least the toe markings left from that footprint. We were, I don't know why, we were just told to do all of that and not talk about it. And so, with this story, and they make this connection, and I think, and a lot of people are making this connection, nothing new, but it throws off the powers that be, the world, you know, that they're trying to box that they're trying to fit us all into in the narrative. They don't want us to know that giants were real. Nope. Or that they or that people even could have existed alongside dinosaurs. Yeah. But giants and dinosaurs and humans all together. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> that's not how it works. That's anti-science. How dare you? I know. That's anti-science. Ah. What it uh makes me so angry. But Another thing I found, too, to kind of corroborate this is between eighteen, late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, up to about the 1940s-ish, you can find a lot of articles if you really dig. And I mean quite a few articles if you dig. Printed in the paper stating giant Bones found here, giants found yeah. here, in this mound, in that, all over the country. Like, just talking about the U.S., all over our country, these articles stating this that were printed in New York Times and local papers and so on and so forth. And then after, like, the 1940s, it just stops. You don't find anymore. Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but I am pretty sure that the evolution theory became really popular and well accepted around 1950. That sounds about right. Yeah. So this also kind of throws in the throws evolution out too. To some extent anyway, or at least enough that it needed to be shut down is my theory. Again, not a new theory. It's out there. But I do think the there's a lot to corroborate that. Yeah. Darwin's theory of evolution and natural selection was 
accepted in the 50s, like very clearly by all areas of science from chemistry to archaeology. So to have giants in there, that really throws that out of whack. Yeah, throws everything off. And so again, you can find all these stories up until about 1945-47 and then they're just and if they pop up at all they get quashed really fast and I've noticed they've tried to use our relationship with Native American tribes to as an excuse for this yes yes so you have one example of this well what is the there's a the national and of course I didn't write this down because why would I do that that would just have made sense. Hold on. I'm going to look it up real quick. Do it. Because I can. Good old Wikipedia. But it has the... Right. The, the name of the... The act. name of the... Yeah. So first there was... It's the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. That's right. It... I am not saying... Uh, I'm not saying anything right now. Basically, I think it is a very convenient act to hide a lot of things. So whenever Native American bones are discovered, they are to be given back to the tribe that where they came from based on the area or DNA if that's needed. Right. So they can bury the bones with, um, in in their um, uh, tradition. Ah, there's the word. There you go. So they can bury them traditionally. And I am not necessarily saying that there's anything wrong with tradition. However, it really, really um, It's suspicious. It is suspicious. And it stumps us from being able to do more work with these bones. Like, I'm not talking about generation or two or three, but, but bones the, we didn't even know were there. Ancient, right? ancient bones, yeah. And here's the other thing. We know that there are lots of Indian tribes who have giant myths. I only talked about yes. two. Basically, every single one has one. Yeah. There are the Indian tribes are always at war with the giants. Every single time the giants are seen as evil, they're seen as wicked. So there's no reason that Indian tribes should want to preserve giant bones, just their own. So if we dig the bones up and find out that they are large, they're not going to want those back. This is just an excuse. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we happen to find that on an Indian burial ground. Therefore it belongs to the Indians. Yes. Yep. If they're truly following their tradition, they don't want it. That's true. Absolutely. So, and whether they're giving those specific ones back or not, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not, I don't know that anybody else is making this claim. Right. But it does seem suspicious. Also, what is suspicious is that you have, like we said, these uh, bones keep disappearing. and. Yeah. A lot of those articles I found that were printed before the 1940s, 50s, a lot of them either have a follow-up article or in the article itself it states, these bones will be taken to the Smithsonian right, for further research, for further testing, for blah, 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 insert excuse here. And then you never hear 
about it again. Ever. Ever again. It's like they all go to the Smithsonian to disappear into the void. Yeah. The black hole that is the Smithsonian vaults or just flat out destroyed. Right. So... We're just going to, you want to just go down this rabbit? Yeah, let's do it. it. We're just going to go down this one. So I did find an article, which of course depends on where you look. So it's either. We had to dig for this stuff, guys. We had to dig. Yeah, we did. And shout out to (laughs) who gave you the. Oh yeah. Spencer Clavin told me Yandex. If Yandex. you can't find it on Google, try Yandex. Yeah. And guess what? He went wrong. Boy. I was like, my research just got so much easier. I it's interesting how much Google censors what they want you to find. Yeah. Okay. So I found this article. And of course, okay. So again, like disclaimer, I guess, is when you Google this, all you find are like, that's not real. That never happened. Right. This isn't the case. This ex- institute doesn't exist. Blah, blah, blah. And then when you use the Yandex, you're like, oh, no, it's, it's a bit more legitimate than that. So anyway, what this article says is, and I'm just going to read the, the last bit because that's really all that um, matters. So the archaeological, the alt- Mm-hmm. No, American Institution of Alternative Archaeology. Um, they have a spokesman, and he was saying that there has been, quote, there has been a major cover-up by Western archaeological institutions since the early 1900s to make us believe that America was first colonized by Asian peoples migrating through the Bering Strait 15,000 years ago, when in fact there are hundreds of thousands of burial mounds all over America, which the native natives claim were there long before them, and that show traces of highly developed civilization, complex use of metal alloys, and where giant human skeleton remains are frequently found, but still go unreported in the media and news outlets, unquote. So the um, alternative American Association for Alternative Archaeology had a case against the Smithsonian and it went to the Supreme Court in... It went to the Supreme Court. It went to the Supreme Court. I cannot stress this enough. The Supreme Court in 2014. December 2014. So what this article is saying, a turning point of the court case was when a 1.3 meter long human femur bone was shown was, why can I not? Just can't. Okay. Human long femur bone was shown as evidence in court of the existence of such giant human bones. The evidence came as a blow to the Smithsonian's lawyers as the bone had been stolen from the Smithsonian by one of their high-level curators in the mid-1930s who had kept the bone all his life and which had admitted on his deathbed in writing of the undercover operations of the Smithsonian. Quote, he said, it is a terrible thing that is being done to the American people. Uh, He wrote in the letter, we are hiding the truth about the forefathers of humanity, our ancestors, the giants who roamed the earth as recalled in the Bible and ancient texts of the world, end quote. The Supreme Court decided in 2015 that the Smithsonian had to um, 
like un, uh, declassify all of their records on this, on the human bones, just giant bones. Goodness. Which of course I couldn't find that either. I mean, I couldn't find what was declassified. Which I is mean, a bummer. it's absolutely insane. Yeah. The Supreme Court proved that the Smithsonian was lying. Tens of thousands of bones. They destroyed. were destroying them. Yeah. Literally outright hiding the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, the big question, why? But also, um, oh, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating because there's so much there that we could know and we could find. And we are not allowed to. <laughs> it, it gets in the way of their theory of evolution but on the flip side to me it's even stronger proof that giants existed because they don't want us to know about it yeah and it's proof that giants existed in the way we think of giants as existing as the offspring of fallen angels and humans because what is the one myth that they could never have us know about except that they must be supernatural beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of like aliens, but those are coming back into style. Right. And so let's think about how America has made the giant friendly again. Instead of being a cannibal. Yes. What if, I'm going to get super quacky here. What if this is, just kind of prepping everybody for the idea of giants. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they're not actually cannibals. They're friendly. They're just kind of dumb. And then just when we cool. reveal to you that giants existed, you don't have to be afraid of them. Right. They're right. friendly. They're just kind of stupid. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's fine. These stories of not just the Native Americans, but also other early peoples in America who were fighting off, like there's another story. I want to say it was in Oklahoma of these guys who in their town, these, uh, their livestock started going missing. Oh yeah. And little things were being stolen. And then the children started going missing and they're like, uh, uh-uh, we're not dealing with this anymore. I think 18 children went missing oh in gosh. this. Yeah. So they went hunting <laughs> and they found three, Big hairy giants and the mound of bones of all everything that had gone missing. And they killed them. And you can't really confirm the story, but you can confirm the, the names of the guys who went hunting and who had, the one had died. They were real people. Like there's, you can go to their yeah. gravesite, you can go to all these things. But uh, yeah, you don't want, those stories keep getting put like, shoved under the rug you don't hear those stories anymore like that's a that's a hard one to find yeah like everything else in this okay one more thing i know we're running long that's but okay. i also wanted to bring up um there's a guy called jim Vieira, mm. and he's a stonemason who was like blown away did I cut out? Am I good? I don't know. Okay. Sorry. He's a stonemason. He got looking into like these giant uh, formations. So one is in Peru. 
I need to pull up the picture, but I can't think of the name of it. Hold on just a second. Bear with me. Is that the giant footprint? No. Oh, I didn't even talk about that. No, this is like uh, the walls of Sacsayhuaman, which is in Peru. So when the Incas met with the Spaniards, the Spaniards came to Peru and they were blown away, blown away by the, these massive walls that were built. And the Spaniards were thinking, oh my gosh, who could have possibly built this? Where did this come from? Um, hold on. Let me pull up the slide. Oh, come on. You got this. I can do this. Technology. It doesn't like me. Anyway, the Spaniards were like, who built this? The Inca's like, not us. And they're like, oh, so like what demons built this? And they're like, nope. Um, actually it was, there we go. Thanks, Jess. No problem. Like, did demons build this? They're like, no, the giants who were here before us, they built it. The giants built it before we got here. Hmm. So they were saying um, their god, Veracocha, who rose up from Lake Titicaca and created everything, he fashioned the giants from stone. Then he got displeased with them, and he turned some of them back into stone and destroyed the rest with a flood. Ah, another flood myth. Interesting. Does that sound familiar? Right. Exactly. So they are saying that giants built this. This is also a theory about the pyramids and about other great structures like this. There's another photo of this. Thank you. And you can see people standing next to it. Huge compared to the people. And these are supposed to be steps? Like you could... It, like a wall. Oh, okay. But, I mean, it does look like steps too. Very... Big, long. So for anybody listening, I mean, these walls are put together by giant stones, but they're so well formed. They interlock and fit together beautifully. Um, Jim Vieira, who was talking about this, he has a book about it. He's a lot of, a lot on this actually, but he was saying that you can tell where the Incas had built and where something before them had built. And the Incas did not do as good of a job. Mm. building this as they did so just like we can't recreate the pyramids exactly exactly and you'd think if you were uh the incas and you there weren't giants and you did make it you would want to be like we did that like hey spaniards guess what we did it but no they're just like no we didn't it was the giants who were here before us they totally did it and you find stories like this often too yep um, anyway, I just found that one fascinating because what a cool way to explain some of these things, maybe possibly. <laughs> I don't that know. giants actually made them? Yeah. I'd sooner believe that than giants never existed. I feel like we have such, like in our dragons episode, we could say uh, dragons may or may not have existed. Dinos definitely existed. And right. I'm pretty convinced that they existed when humans existed. Yeah. But dragons themselves, I mean, you know. Right. But giants, like, I feel like this is everything we've talked about is pretty indisputable. And the government cover-up just makes it worse. Just makes it that much better. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, exactly. I think the one last little piece I want to show yes. uh, that really gets it for me is the giant footprint. 
Yes, definitely. This this footprint is made out of granite. Okay, hold on. I, you guys should probably see it. <laughs> I can make it go. There it is. Go. There it is. Okay. So this is made out of granite. This is huge. This footprint is almost as tall as this guy standing next to it. And he's yes. probably like six feet tall, maybe a little under. It um, definitely like goes from like his shin to his shoulder, at least. Like people don't have feet that big. Not no. even basketball players have feet that big. Maybe maybe Ronald McDonald might. Like, <laughs> right. But even him might be a little small. Maybe. Yes. But this is made out of granite. Granite is the hardest one to erode or weather. So there's no way that you could get this like legit foot shape. Like you can see where the stone like went between the toes and everything mm-hmm. out of this. So the hypothesis would be that somebody must have stepped on this when the rock was molten. Yes. Who's going to have feet that can stand up to molten rock? Right. Right. And again, with a flood and the cataclysmic worldwide flood, it wasn't just the water. Like the earth was opening up. Volcanoes are erupting everywhere. Rain's coming. It was the end of the world. It was the end of the world. They're, you know, you're running through molten lava because you don't have a choice. Right. I don't know. The other hypothesis I read about this is that a giant could have been involved in quarrying granite. And when you quarry granite, sometimes you make a slushy. And he could have stepped in the slushy mixture and then it settled over time to leave behind the footprint like you would do with cement. But that would mean that a giant is smart enough to quarry granite to build structures like you were just talking about. And then build these structures that are beautiful and precise, mathematically ingenious to fit together. So dumb doesn't really, dumb doesn't really work for either. Yeah. The the big friendly dumb giant. (laughs) flying here no no they're building beautiful stone structures and just snacking on people on the side (laughs) just a little bit just a little bit but yeah i think those were most of our most of our things i mean i could talk about this for a long time so it's so crazy i'm still not going to get over the fact that the u.s supreme court ruled that the smithsonian was lying and covering all of this up yeah there were a ton of whistleblowers you know not just this one guy that was just one example but there were a ton of whistleblowers from inside the smithsonian who were like oh no no that's what that's what happened and i guess you know and may and i could easily be wrong i could easily be duped right now but and the news about this happened in 2015, you said. Mm-hmm. You know what also was going on in 2015? The mm. primarying for the 2016 election. Duh. So no wonder we didn't know that this happened. It just kind of fell under the rug because everybody was <laughs> too focused on Hillary Clinton and Trump fighting. You're right. You're right. Oh, I, my word. Because when I read that, I was like... How did I not hear about this? How could we not have known? 
Yeah. Oh, well, here's the perfect distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Makes you think. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of cover-ups like this, though, all over the place, which it is just, fascinating. It goes back to my frustration with big science and big archaeology. You know, it's like they just want to silo themselves off into their little areas of expertise. And you, the peon, can't know anything. Right. You have to trust us, the experts. Yes. We've done all the digging. We're going to curate the information for you. And we will give the information that we feel is safe for you, that you can handle. You can't handle the fact that giants existed and were cannibals. You we need can't to handle the truth. <laughs> you can't handle it. So, so we're going to have Disney <laughs> teach you the idea of the big friendly giant. And you're going to be okay. Everything's Real fine. giants didn't exist. That's right. It's all good. Hush. Everything's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> giants. I like it. I do too. That was fun. That was fun. I think, I'm sure, we'll be talking about this again. We will. Because there's so much. But, there's so much here. Yeah. But I like that it connected to all of our stuff. I do I like too. that, Jess, you made it through this with your... I'm so sorry for coughing, guys. Sorry. I almost wore a mask as a joke. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so funny. I should have. I couldn't find one. And I was like. What is that fear of unmasked faces? Yeah. I'm afraid of your face. You're not wearing a mask while I have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be just as effective as people wearing it in their cars alone. So. Right. Or next to each other because masks don't work. And now we're canceled. (laughs) Now we're canceled. Now we're done. Oh, well, whatever. Before we go, I'm going to read the five-star review that we got this week on Apple Podcasts. And remember, if you want your review read live on the show, make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We actually see the ones that come through on iTunes. So make sure if, if you don't use iTunes, take a screenshot of it. And email it to us at quirksofcreation at gmail.com and we will read it live. Yes. Uh, this one comes from M. Lackey. I'm going to guess that's how it's pronounced. Quirky surprise. Found these ladies through Conspiracy Pilled. Wasn't sure I would like a podcast of this type, but I clicked on it. And actually, it's one of my new faves. Jess and Elise are witty, lively, and really know how to get to the heart of their topic without losing me. It's a fun time. Thank you so much, M. Lackey, for your awesome review. And it just makes our day. Yeah. It just melted my heart. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. We appreciate you guys so much for sticking around and listening to us, even when I sound like a man with my sick voice. (laughs) Or I can't say words. That's just usually. That's everyone. It's a day that ends in Y. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, we really appreciate you guys. And I I love how um, it feels, you know, like you got your friends that you come see every Friday. And we all get to hang out. And I just love it. So I do too. You guys make this. So thank you. You make it fun for us. I love it. And Next speaking of week, fun. We're going to miss you, Elise. <sighs> I know. I'm so sad. Sad day. I won't be here next week. Sorry. I have a wedding. I should probably go celebrate or something. I 
guess. I guess People I should get be supportive. married or something. <laughs> right? Who gets married on a Friday? Oh. That's what I'm saying. Do it on a Sunday like a normal person. Right. Duh. <laughs> no, I will be gone for a wedding, so I'm sorry. And I but I think you've got some pretty cool people filling in for me. Yeah, I got like some folks from our sister show, Conspiracy Pills, who are gonna come hang out. They're okay, I guess. All right. But I'll try and make it fun for us. We're gonna talk about dark matter and the shadow universe. Oh it's gonna be weird. I love it. I love it. And I'm bummed that I'm going to miss it, but that's okay. But you'll be back the day after because we're going to do our watch party yes! for Ancient Apocalypse. I'm so excited. It's going to be so fun, guys. So make sure you guys tune in next Saturday as well. So yeah. we're going to watch Ancient Apocalypse. Might do a live giveaway. It'll be super fun. We hope to see you all there. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to make it super interesting. Once yeah. we And we have to pick out an episode. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> Pretty typical of us. But until then, thank you guys so much for being here. God bless and stay quirky. <laughs>